O Lord, open thou my lips, and my mouth shall show forth thy praise. Make haste, O God, to deliver me. Make haste to help me, O Lord. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Alleluia. The true God, one in three, and three in one. O come, let us worship him. O come, let us sing unto the Lord. Let us make a joyful noise to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before his presence with thanksgiving, and make a joyful noise unto him with psalms. For the Lord is a great God, and a great King above all gods. In his hand are the deep places of the earth, the strength of the hills is his also. It is his, and he made it, and his hands formed the dry land. Oh, come, let us worship and bow down, let us kneel before the Lord our Maker. For He is our God, and we are the people of His pasture and the sheep of His hand. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Ghost. As it was in the beginning, Never shall be world without end. Amen. The true God, one in three and three in one. O come, let us worship him.
The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked, even mine enemies and my foes, came upon me to eat up my flesh, they stumbled and fell. Though an host should encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war should rise against me, in this will I be confident. One thing have I desired of the Lord, that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. For in the time of trouble he shall hide me in his pavilion. In the secret of his tabernacle shall he hide me. He shall set me up upon a rock. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked, even mine enemies and my foes, came upon me to eat up my flesh, they stumbled and fell. The Old Testament lesson for the fourth Sunday after Trinity is written in the 50th chapter of Genesis, beginning at the 15th verse. When Joseph's brothers saw that their father was dead, they said, It may be that Joseph will hate us and will fully pay us back for all the evil which we did to him. They sent a message to Joseph, saying, Your father commanded before he died, saying, You shall tell Joseph... Now please forgive the disobedience of your brothers and their sin, because they did evil to you. Now, please forgive the disobedience of the servants of the God of your father. Joseph wept when they spoke to him. His brothers also went and fell down before his face, and they said, Behold, we are your servants. Joseph said to them, Do not be afraid, for am I in the place of God? As for you, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good, to save many people alive, as is happening today. Now therefore don't be afraid. I will provide for you and your little ones. He comforted them and spoke kindly to them. O Lord, have mercy upon us. Thanks be to God. The epistle is written in the 8th chapter of Romans, beginning at the 18th verse. Brothers, For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which will be revealed toward us. For the creation waits with eager expectation for the children of God to be revealed. For the creation was subjected to vanity, not of its own will, but because of him who subjected it, in hope that the creation itself also will be delivered from the bondage of decay, into the liberty of the glory of the children of God. For we know that the whole creation groans and travails in pain together until now. Not only so, but ourselves also, who have the firstfruits of the Spirit, even we ourselves groan within ourselves, waiting for adoption, the redemption of our body. O Lord, have mercy upon us. Thanks be to God. Purge away our sins for thy name's sake. Wherefore should the heathen say, Where is their God? Help us, O God of our salvation, for the glory of thy name, and deliver us. Alleluia, alleluia, alleluia. Alleluia, thou sattest in the throne judging right. The Lord also will be a refuge for the oppressed, a refuge in times of trouble. Alleluia. 
The Holy Gospel is according to St. Luke, the sixth chapter. Glory be to thee, O Lord. Jesus said, Therefore be merciful, even as your Father is also merciful. Don't judge, and you won't be judged. Don't condemn, and you won't be condemned. Set free, and you will be set free. Give, and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over, will be given to you. For with the same measure you measure, it will be measured back to you. He spoke a parable to them. Can the blind guide the blind? Won't they both fall into a pit? A disciple is not above his teacher, but everyone, when he is fully trained, will be like his teacher. Why do you see the speck of chaff that is in your brother's eye, but don't consider the beam that is in your own eye? Or how can you tell your brother, Brother, let me remove the speck of chaff that is in your eye, when you yourself don't see the beam that is in your own eye? You hypocrite! First remove the beam from your own eye, and then you can see clearly to remove the speck of chaff that is in your brother's eye. Here ends the Gospel. Praise be to thee, O Christ. Forever, O Lord, thy word is settled in heaven. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Lord, I have loved the habitation of thy house and the place where thine honor dwelleth. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Ghost. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Our Lord tells us this morning, Be merciful even as your Father is merciful. Be merciful even as your Father is merciful. That's a tall order. And perhaps that's the first way this divine command hits many of us this morning. We just confess that we are poor, miserable sinners who justly deserve God's temporal and eternal punishment. So then, if we're terrible sinners, how are we to be merciful like the Father? And that's really the first question that arises in our hearts. How is this even possible for us? But, I suppose, if we're to be as merciful as the Father is merciful, then there's another question we need to ask as well, which is, how is the Father merciful? In what ways is he merciful? How much mercy does he show? Or, as we look at the world around us, as we look in ourselves, perhaps we could even ask this question in another way. Is the Father really merciful? After all, Paul himself says in verse 20 of our epistle, For the creation was subjected to futility, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it. Paul even says creation is in bondage to decay, in bondage to corruption, or perhaps you could say in bondage to death. From the time that God told Adam, Cursed is the ground for your sake, creation has been under bondage to death. Not just thorns and thistles, but earthquakes and devastation, floods and famines, tornadoes and derechos, hails and hail and tempest. With every creature, every plant, every creeping thing facing its day of death, just as even man faces his own death, so does creation. And is that mercy? That everything faces death? That God should subject creation to the vanity of nothingness, of nihilism, because of man's sin? 
Where is the mercy among creation's groaning and pains? If there is mercy, where is it? Be merciful even as your Father is merciful. Where is that mercy? And of course, we groan right alongside creation. We suffer not just as sinners, but also as saints, groaning as we go along through this world of suffering. In fact, we just had a conference here at Christ the King where we were told how the world comes and attacks us and makes us suffer. In ways such as racism and race-thinking, in ways such as gay ideology and trans ideology, in ways such as transhumanism where people think they can create a better reality for themselves than God. All of that stuff attacks the church. In the intro this morning, we prayed that armies encamp against us that war rises against us, the church, that evildoers assail us to eat our flesh. Those are the enemies encamped against us. Those are the enemies enemies encamped against the church, encroaching our homes, our schools, our congregations. In the three short years I've been at Christ the King, we've also experienced plague and pestilence, war and bloodshed abroad and at home. We all know someone who has died in anguish of disease and despair of their health. In three short years. And all those are just ways that we suffer from things that come to us from the outside. The sufferings that come to us from the inside may be worse. The logs that pierce our own eyes, if you will. That is, those sins we know of all too well that weigh us down, that blind us. It's the guilt we carry around with us every day. The fear of being judged and condemned not just by God, but also by the world. Because we know the world does not forgive. We've seen enough people canceled to know that. It makes us doubt if God really will forgive us our sins as well when our sins are so great. And so what do we do? Well, we try to avoid thinking about our sin or we try to play down our guilt. We don't dare go to private confession or absolution. Because then if people see us leave private confession and absolution, they may know of how great of sinners we are. Or worse, we'd have to admit out loud We'd have to verbalize out loud the great sinners that we are. Admit it. So our fear keeps us from the great words of private absolution. And so what do we do instead? We become tempted to hear the leaders that are blind. The blind world that tells you to just be yourself. The blind false prophets that tell you you're good enough. The blind friends who tell you that picking up your cross and denying yourself is foolishness as they lie and tell you that you can be whatever you desire to be, and that's real utopia. We are tempted to believe that we can know and judge good and evil in our own eyes, only to realize afterwards, and very quickly, that such temptation leads us to be held in the bondage of death, in the nakedness of our sin. We pray every week that our Lord deliver us from an evil death because death is encamped all around us all the time. Every week we come to church weary from being constantly embattled. Is there mercy in that? Is there divine mercy in all that we experience? Why would God subject his own baptized saints to the vanity of nothingness? Where is the mercy in our groaning. Be merciful even as your Father is merciful. But here again, the words of 
St. Paul. He says, For creation was subjected to futility, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it, in hope that the creation itself will be set free from its bondage to decay and obtain the freedom of the glory of the children of God. For we know that the whole creation has been groaning together in the pains of childbirth until now. Paul says it right here. There is suffering. Paul doesn't deny it. The scriptures don't deny it. Like our intro it today, the psalm today, much of scripture is people crying out to God and suffering. God's own people crying out to God and suffering. But here's the thing. It's in hope. Baptized into Christ, there is no suffering without divine mercy. There is no groaning without hope. The Lord did not curse the ground in Adam's sin without hope. But God subjected creation to futility in hope. God let creation be held in the bondage of death, knowing that it would one day be set free. He let creation groan and suffer the pains of childbirth because like childbirth, after the pains are over, what is left is nothing but glory and blessing. The hope of mercy with which creation awaits eagerly, that's our hope as well. Because the hope of creation is the freedom of the glory of the children of God. The freedom of the glory of the children of God, that's creation's hope is the freedom that we receive when we, be, when we enter into the glory as children of God. St. Paul says, For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed to us, better yet, to be revealed in us. And not only the creation, but we ourselves, who have the first fruits of the Spirit, grown inwardly as we wait eagerly for adoption as sons, the redemption of our bodies. In Adam's sin, God subjected mankind and all creation under him to suffering and death, to thorns and thistles. And had God left all under this curse and done nothing else, then we could rightly ask, where is this divine mercy? But what does our Lord do in the midst of our suffering? He joins us in that suffering. By his incarnation, he came to suffer with us, to join us as the enemy is encamped around us, so that the enemy is now also encamped around him. And more than that, he came to suffer for us. Being baptized with the sinners, he took all the sin and guilt and despair and anguish of us terrible sinners. Then he took all that to the cross, and on the cross is where all of the enemies, all of the world, encamped against him. There he hung, weighed down on the nails by the guilt of the world's sin, mine and yours included. There he bled as false prophets blasphemed and mocked him. There our Lord became sin for us as the devil cried out and mocked him at how foolish it was for him to deny himself for sinners that hated him. And yet he loved us still. The Lord loved us still. There our Lord hung in the nakedness of our sin, entering under the curse of man and creation as his head was pierced with thorns. 
entering into the bondage of death, which had held us and creation captive. There on the cross, he subjected himself to death, just as God subjected creation to the bondage of decay. There our Lord groaned with great pains until he gave up the ghost. Be merciful even as your Father is merciful. And to that, St. Paul says, For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed to us or in us. If the story of our Lord ended on the cross and in the grave, then creation would have been subjected to futility, not in hope, but only suffering and despair. If our Lord is still in the grave, then we are to be most pitied. But... The bondage of death could not hold him. Decay never touched his flesh. Instead, he arose on the third day in glory, in a glory that is not worth comparing to his suffering, in glory that was shaped by his suffering on the cross. So that now creation does still groan, but it does so in hope, having seen the freedom of the glory, which will fall the suffering, having seen that glory in the risen Christ. So that now you who are baptized... The logs have been removed from your eye. There is no more fear and dread of judgment or condemnation. All is forgiven. And all that you need in this life is here at this altar. Now you do not suffer in despair. You suffer in hope. Suffering has meaning. Suffering leads to hope. We have the first fruits of the Spirit. That is, we are baptized. We are forgiven. We are declared sons of God in Christ. And when he comes again, that will be fully realized. We have been baptized into Christ's suffering on the cross, and baptized our suffering and groaning here in this life is also Christ's suffering. We are not alone in our groaning, but we suffer for him who also at the same time suffers with us. We have been baptized also into Christ's resurrection so that we suffer, but we suffer merely waiting waiting for our Father to use all this suffering and groaning for our good. It will all work out for our good, using it to shape us and make us ready for the glory that is to come. That's what our Father does. The glory that is to come when we are adopted as sons, when our baptism is finished, when the glory is finally realized, when our bodies are freed in the glory of Christ, when we are just as He is now when we become just as he is now. The suffering with which we groan with now is but a drop compared to the oceans of the glory that will be revealed not just to us, but in us and to all creation when our Father completes our baptism on that day. You are baptized. Yes, you suffer. But there's no suffering without mercy. Even our suffering happens within the mercy of the Father, for his mercy will use our suffering to bring us into glory by way of the cross and empty tomb. And we see all this. We see the purpose and mercy in our suffering only when we set our gaze upon the cross, the cross in the backdrop of the day of our Lord to come. When we set our gaze upon the cross, and keep our focus on the day of our Lord's return, then we see the mercy and suffering. Be merciful even as your Father is merciful. 
now that we are baptized. We can be merciful because our Father has been merciful to us in His forgiveness in His Son. We can be merciful because we now live in His mercy. His mercy is our measure, the way we measure our lives. In His mercy, we're no longer blind. We no longer have the logs in our eyes. But we need to ask, how then do we live towards others that encamp around us and against us, that make us suffer, that make war with us? Are we to judge them, to condemn them, to use the Ten Commandments or our own measure of life against them, to damn them? Or do we have mercy upon them, knowing they are suffering under the bondage in their sin like we were, baptized, Our measure, that is, the standards we apply to ourselves and others, our measure is the mercy of the Father. To love when we are made to suffer, to be gentle when attacked, to offer forgiveness and not revenge when sinned against. Christ says, judge not lest you be judged, condemn not lest you be condemned. That's not to say live and let live. That's not what Christ is saying. Christ also isn't saying don't judge sin as sin. (laughs) Far from that. Christ is saying that we ought not live as if we are to apply the commandments to others and think we are the ones to judge them to hell. Instead, Christ is telling us that we ought to be merciful as the Father is merciful, to show others how they suffer in sin, to call sin, sin, so that we can show them a better way, the way of the cross, the way of self-denial, the way of his mercy. If we don't call sin, sin, then we can't show his mercy. He's saying that as others sin against you, as they themselves suffer, don't shun them. Instead, for those who make you suffer, invite them here to church, where they may be forgiven. Just as you seek your own forgiveness, also seek forgiveness for them in mercy, just as the Father sought your forgiveness in in the Son, in His mercy. Be merciful even as your Father is merciful. Come to church. Receive his mercy at this altar. Then go and show his mercy to those who suffer. Amen. Now may the peace of God which surpasses all understanding keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. Company of the apostles.
mercy upon us. O Christ, have mercy upon us. O Lord, have mercy upon us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Lord of all power and might, who is the author and giver of all good things, graft in our hearts the love of your name, increase in us true religion, 
nourish us with all goodness, and of your great mercy keep us in the same. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, ever one God, world without end. Amen. Almighty and most merciful God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, we give you thanks for all your goodness and tender mercies, especially for the gift of your dear Son and for the revelation of your will and grace. And we beseech you so to implant your word in us that, in good and honest hearts, we may keep it and bring forth the fruits of faith by patient continuance and well-doing. Most heartily we beseech you so to rule and govern your church Catholic, with all her pastors and ministers, that we may be preserved in the pure doctrine of your saving word, whereby faith toward you may be strengthened, love and charity increased in us toward all mankind, and your kingdom extended. Send forth laborers into your harvest, and sustain those whom you have sent, that the word of reconciliation may be proclaimed to all people, and the gospel preached in all the world. Grant health and prosperity to all who are in authority, especially to Joseph, our President, the Congress of these United States, Kim, our Governor, the Legislature of this State, and to all our judges and magistrates, and endue them with grace to rule after your good pleasure, to the maintenance of righteousness, and to the hindrance and punishment of wickedness, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. May it please you also to turn the hearts of our enemies and adversaries, that they may cease their enmity and hostilities, and be inclined to walk with us in meekness and in peace. All who are in trouble, want, sickness, anguish of labor, peril of death, or any other adversity, especially those who are in suffering for your name's sake, comfort, O God, with your Holy Spirit, that they may receive and acknowledge their afflictions as the manifestation of your fatherly will. Especially do we pray for those that we name in our hearts at this time. Although we have deserved your righteous wrath and manifold punishments, yet we entreat you, O most merciful Father, remember not the sins of our youth nor our many transgressions, but out of your unspeakable goodness, grace, and mercy, defend us from all harm and danger of body and soul. Preserve us from false and pernicious doctrine, from war and bloodshed, from plague and pestilence, from all calamity by fire and water, from hail and tempest, from failure of harvest and from famine, from anguish of heart and despair of your mercy, and from an evil death. And in every time of trouble, show yourself a very present help, the Savior of all men, and especially of them that believe. Cause all needed fruits of the earth to prosper, that we may enjoy them in due season. Give success to the Christian training of the young, to all lawful occupations on land, sea, and air, and to all pure arts and useful knowledge, and crown them with your blessing. Receive, O God, our bodies and souls and all our talents, together with the offerings we bring before you. For by his blood your Son has purchased us to be your own, that we may live under him in his kingdom. As we are strangers and pilgrims on earth, Help us by true faith and a godly life to prepare for the world to come, 
doing the work you have given us to do while it is day, before the night comes when no one can work. And when our last hour shall come, support us by your power and receive us into your everlasting kingdom. O Lord, our Heavenly Father, Almighty and everlasting God, who has safely brought us to the beginning of this day, defend us in the same with thy mighty power and grant that this day we fall into no sin, neither run into any kind of danger, but that all our doings, being ordered by thy governance, may be righteous in thy sight. Through Jesus Christ, thy Son, our Lord, who liveth and reigneth with thee and the Holy Ghost, ever one God, world without end. Amen. Let my mouth be filled with thy praise, and with thy honor all the day. O Lord, our Heavenly Father, almighty and everlasting God, who has safely brought us to the beginning of this day, defend us in the same with thy mighty power, and grant that this day we fall into no sin, neither run into any kind of danger, but that all our doings, being ordered by thy governance, may be righteous in thy sight. Through the same Jesus Christ, thy Son, our Lord, who liveth and reigneth with thee and the Holy Ghost, ever one God, world without end. Amen. We give thanks unto thee, Heavenly Father, through Jesus Christ, thy dear Son, that thou hast protected us through the night from all danger and harm. And we beseech thee to preserve and keep us this day also from all sin and evil, that in all our thoughts, words, and deeds we may serve and please thee. Into thy hands we commend our bodies and our souls and all that is ours. Let thy holy angel have charge concerning us, that the wicked one have no power over us. Amen. Hear my prayer, O Lord, and let my cry come unto thee. Bless we the Lord. Thanks be to God. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, and the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit, be with us all. Amen.